Hello and welcome to the Factory Floor Cuts of the Vandal Factory podcast. If you're new to this podcast, my name's Natalie and usually I am joined by Henry Raby. He can't be here at the moment, so you've just got me. And this is an arts activist podcast. Regular listeners will know that Henry and I are deeply passionate about calling for justice in Palestine and have been attending regular protests down in Leeds city centre. And yesterday, on the 2nd of March, someone came up to me and said, please, will you help tell my story? I'm trying to fundraise for my family who are in Gaza, in Rafa, and they're trying to escape. They're trying to get across the border to safety in Egypt. Um, so her name was Shema, and I had the pleasure of speaking to her this morning where she told me a little bit about what her family has been going through in the last nearly six months. Shema's story is not unique. It is this this atrocity, this genocide is affecting millions of people in Gaza, the West Bank and, and around the world. But sometimes... I think we humans struggle to get their head around a huge quantity of of people um, and all the various ways in which it's it's having ramifications around the world. I know Henry and I talk about big systems a lot of the time, so actually it feels like a gift for someone to just come and say, "Here's my story. This is my family. These are the songs that we love." Shema's chosen a couple of songs that have been giving her some strength during this time that is unimaginably difficult. But the most important thing for me to say to you is that Shema is fundraising. She has a GoFundMe page. And please, dear listeners, if, if you have a pound to give, there is no amount that is too small. You can go to the link on the Vandal Factory page or you can go to GoFundMe forward slash help rescue my family from the ongoing war in Gaza and yeah if you put help rescue my family from the ongoing war in Gaza then you're gonna find the GoFundMe page and um, it is much much appreciated. I'm gonna stop talking now and and hand you over to Shaymar to tell you a little bit more about her family. Hello Shaymar. Thank you for coming. Hello, Natalie. Thank you for having me today. I I don't want to say how are you because that seems like a stupid question to ask. But I don't know any better question. So how are you? I I think also like it's it's also really hard for me to answer this question as as you said because I don't know myself how how I'm feeling and how I am. It's it's really a really difficult time for us, especially if you have a family back home and you know, and you know nothing about them. You just like hear news from different like journalists and different influencers back home, but you didn't hear from your family. You didn't know about them because like last night it was one of the toughest nights that we experienced, and uh, till now I didn't know anything about my family. I hope. They all okay, but I know they will not okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I just I briefly met you in person yesterday at the Leeds 
Palestinian solidarity protest. Mm. Um, and so have you been living in Leeds for a long time? Yes, it's been like um, around 13 years now. We came here for my husband to do his PhD and we both managed to have jobs and we both working and we have our two kids in here. So we've been living here. Um, I managed to go visit Gaza two years ago in the summer and we had a lovely time and we've been looking forward for this year to go and visit. But with with what is going on, I don't think that we will have a chance to go again. So I, just like personally, I was not against, but I wasn't with the idea of uh, getting my family out of Gaza, to be honest. And it's it's not also my decision. It's their decision. They want to stay and they don't want to leave, to leave because it's home. Mm-hmm. They don't want to leave home. They want to stay. But what is going on is like being like it's going to be now around like six months and nothing has changed. Or the only thing that is happening is the situation is getting worse and worse. And it's not like the killing, it's not the bombing, it's not like the airstrikes. It is the food that they have no food, no water, no electricity. When they say like when I talk to them and you say we drink the water because there's no water to drink. They have nothing to to eat and talking to them. And when you hear like my niece and my nephew crying because they need food and how hard is it like if you are an adult, if you are a mom or a dad and you've got your kids crying and they want food and you can't do anything because there's no food. We discussed that together and and they said, we need your help. We need to get out. We can't do it anymore. So with the big amount of money that we need to pay for them to get out of the Egyptian borders. We can't afford it, to be honest. So so this is why I said, and I've got lots of people, they always ask me what we can do to help. And and one of my friends said, well, why you didn't do GoFundMe for your family? And I, I didn't know. I, I you normally like see people posting things about, their families, but I didn't know how to do it. I have had no idea about GoFundMe before. So I started researching and reading about it. And with the help of my husband, we said, yeah, we, we have to do it. And we we did it like uh, a week ago. And I I felt like it, that made me feel that I am doing something for, fam- for my family. I know that I can't go there, can't be with them, but at least I'm trying a way to get them out because I can't see and watch them dying and for me just watching, doing nothing. And since I started it, I've, I've noticed like people that I don't know that we've been like donating and sharing in their like stories, but thinking about the time, I thought that I don't have enough time, so I need I need to do more to spread the word. So this is what I decided yesterday in Leeds in one of the protests to to get the um, barcode and go around and tell people about it. But I also fi- found it really hard to go and ask people that they don't know me. So this is why I ended up because I know you and I see you every week with a protest and I found you on Instagram and I decided to talk to you and say, if you can help me to spread the word, because it's it's not an easy thing to go and ask people, oh, can you please help my family? Because they mm-hmm. don't know me. They don't know my family. 
So it's in the page of GoFundMe and it is called Help Rescue My Family from the Ongoing War in Gaza. This is the title of it. And um, I'm asking people to raise money for my sister and her family and my brother and his family, which is like my my sister has two siblings, a daughter and a son and her husband and my brother with his wife and his uh, his daughter. Yeah, so all this money is to get them uh, to the Egyptian border. So as I said before, like we we have to pay money to yeah. get out the fees, the fees for getting out. And in my page also, I explain uh, to people where is this money go, going. So a total of 7K for four adults equals 28K and I need 3K oh, for three minors. So this is to cover the expense of them, like to get out of the borders. But then after that, we need like money for the travel costs, accommodation, settling in Egypt, and they all need the medical check. And because like most of them, with the lack of food and medicine, they need to go to hospital. And also we need replacement documents for their passport because they lost their passports. They don't have that much like identifications or uh, IDs with them. So we need to reapply and all this. We need money for that to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And is that just is that just to get into Egypt or is it then to get from Egypt to here? No, this is just to get to Egypt. <gasps> so all this amount of money is just to get to Egypt. So, oh, inshallah. inshallah. I am. Um... I I just I'm just processing that. I didn't so there are fees to leave Yes Gaza. Yes. If you fees. want to leave, you have yeah, to pay. Yes. And who are you paying? So t- lots of uh companies that they are like like for example, you need like my because we managed uh, to get the money from my mom. So this is why I'm not asking for my mom. And my brother, who's in Dubai, he went to Egypt to go in a company called Yahala. And in this company, he ended up being in uh, in a queue with like lots of people that they're trying to just register their families. And you have to be like um, a brother, a son or a daughter. You have to be like first close relationship. You have to be like a brother, a son, a daughter to get to register yeah. the people, your people to, to this. So he... Last Sunday, he managed to register my mom and paid the money. But till now, and she needs to wait for a time until her name gets in the... She's in a waiting list now, and we're just waiting for her name to get. And when your name is there, you go to the borders and you get out. But it is like um, lots of money and time. You need to wait for the time, a very long waiting list. I mean, it's it's been nearby impossible to travel in and out of Gaza for decades and has cost a lot of money for decades but with this with like the the onslaught in recent months and the sort of Mm. I think a a lot of the certainly from the like mainstream media Mm. outlets the the narrative have been like well why don't they leave why don't they leave and from what you're saying that's not even an option. Yeah, it is like like most people know now. Like Gaza is like an open siege. So it's like, like yeah. it's like yeah, an yeah. open air prison. 
Yeah, it's like an open prison. Like they've been in under the siege like for how many years now? And when you talk to people, they will not understand you because they feel like they can just leave. No, they can't just leave. We, they've got borders, and it's not us who control the borders. Like it's not even it's not your decision. Even if you want to leave, it's not an easy decision to leave. So yeah, so so I, this is why I think like people will not understand the situation because they don't know about it and. Not lots of media is covering what's it's, what what is exactly what is the true and what is exactly going on. Can you tell me about one of the songs that you've you've sent through? Um, so the first uh, song in in Arabic, um, this is a very uh, like touchable song for me and a very emotional song. But it, it always reminds me of my family, and it's called Our Beloved Ones. Like I tried to translate, translate like uh, a little bit of it in in English because it's an Arabic and it says that we love them and of course there is nothing in the world that is closer to us more than them. Um, we don't have anyone who feels and who can be near us like like them. We love them dearly and no matter what we say to them, in our in our eyes they are more precious than all people, our beloved ones, our beloved ones. They protect our love even if we are absent and it hurts us if it takes a while and we get tired, our loved ones. Yeah, I want them uh, to always feel that I am thinking of them. I'm not like just living a normal life. I always mm. think of them. Whenever I want like even to drink water, I feel like I have water, they don't have water. I'm thinking that I have food, but they don't have food. But always I feel like I I need to stay strong to support them because, like, not being strong will do nothing to them. I I go to work every day. I didn't even have a day off because I feel like with my work and people seeing me, they know that we are Palestinians, we are strong, and we fight because this is our land. And yeah, I need people to know like we're not tourists. We 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 love peace and we always call for peace. And what is happening is not like just happened at that time. It's been like seventy-five years. It's been happening for us Palestinians. I remember like I am thirty-five years old now and all my life I remember like being living in a war. And this has happened, but this is the worst war that we experience and our families experience back home. I'm saying this and I know that my family will not get the chance to hear that, but I, I want them to know that I will do anything to support them. And not only, and also not only my family, everyone like in Palestine, everyone in Gaza deserve a life that they can feel safe deserve a life that when they like woke up in the morning they feel the peace they open their fridge they find the food 
they go to hospitals, they get their treatment because no one deserves to live this life. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, for that, like thinking about protests, I didn't think that it could make a difference at the beginning. But for me, going every Saturday and seeing that number of people joining in and supporting Palestine, it made me, it made me like going home and feeling like we've got lots of people that they can feel like what you're feeling. You can feel like lots of people, they are supporting you. And even like when they know that, I don't talk to much people, to be honest, but when they know that you are from Gaza, you got like hugs from people, you got people like saying that we're thinking of you, we will we'll, we'll do what, like just tell us what we can do. And just the feeling that you, you feel like there are people that they are thinking about you and, at the same time, they didn't know you. And as I said, like we, we notice a big number of people every Saturday, even with the rain, with the cold weather, you can see people like elderly people, children, little children, and they chanting and seeing, saying free Palestine. And that, that make me like feel like the love around us. And th- this is what we need. And this is what we need people in Palestine to know, like, People are supporting you. People are staying with you. And it's not like, like it's like governmental politics is very complicated, but people, they are supporting Palestine. Yeah. And yeah. I've got like also like, like with my husband also and with the support of him and my even my two little children, they do support me. Got lots of friends and mm. that they can like they try to support and but for me i i prefer like it can be like people talking to you like um you have to live your life you can't some people will say like but you have to live your life by the end and because you can't change what is happening so i don't like to hear that because i can change and you can change and other people can change we can't just say like we can't change it because if everyone is saying that we will live our life like this so everyone can change every word can like if if we all people say like no no to injustice like peace Mm -hmm. and justice for everyone we we have to spread this all the time and and (laughs) would you like to talk about the the second song that you sent through oh the second song i found it really really hard to be honest, to say it, to like to interpret it in English, because say it in Arabic, please. Yes. I love to hear Arabic. Okay, I will try to say some words in Arabic from it, and so it says "Gurbat Watan," and it says "Ya Hafar Hfurli Qabr Hayati Sarat Hamman Wa Qahr Ayubun Misli Ma Sabar Wa Dunya Jarat Alay." لا دار تجمعني بأهلي أبكي على ابني والخي آه والله يا بلادي بنتي وأختي يا فؤادي أمي وأبي جوا ترابها الجرح ما هو عادي يا رب حونها علي لأني ميت لأني حي قالوا شخبارك على غربتي غربة وطن وتراب الوطن جنة عايش غير عايش غريب وأموت غريب هذه من يبكي علي محسوب على الأطفال يما كبرنا القهر بالغربة خمس أجيال 
like the main the main thing about this it's talking about being away from your family being in a different country but you need to say to them that you're always thinking of them they all in your thoughts and in your heart all the time it's been, I'd be like listening to it, like being in, in here, away from my family for that long time of years. When I feel like down, I, I just like listen to this and it keeps reminding me of my family. And I, I always think about my family that we, I know that most families they have that strong relationship but I always feel that we me and my brothers because we lost my dad when we've been all young so I am the eldest one that we lost my dad when I was 15 and my youngest brother was two years old so I feel like with my mom and with my brothers and I've got one sister we always have that strong relationship that we care a lot about each other I like if one of my brother is not feeling well, I could feel that they're not feeling well, and I will call them and say, "Are you okay?" And he will say, "Like, I've got something happened to me." And we say, "I could feel it. Like, I could feel that there's something wrong with you, because I always think about them." I've got two brothers. They are like they they're not in Gaza. They're both in there in Dubai, and they're both working. But I still have a brother and a sister back home. But as I said, I mean trying uh, to manage uh, for my mom to get out but all my page GoFundMe is for my sister with her family and my brother and his family and my brother who is in Gaza now with my mom he suffered a lot because he was he was working in uh, in Israel when the war started and he was stuck there and we didn't know anything about him like for more than a month that we didn't know anything about him because when the war happened, like no phones with them and they took them somewhere to take them and we didn't know anything about him till till we, he managed to get in touch with, with me and he said, I, I've got no money, they've got his money, I've got no phone, I know, I know no one to sit with them and we managed to have a friend in the West Bank to help him to stay until we know what we will do and then we get in touch with the Red Cross and they managed to get him out and send him back to Gaza. Wow. So he 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 suffered a lot and my mom was was by herself because she was in a different place from everyone and she evacu evacuated different times. So with the beginning of the war we lost our house like from October, we lost my mom lost her house, my brother lost his house, and she evacu evacuated to my auntie. Three weeks ago, they dropped the area and they lost their house, and they evacuated again to my uncle's house. They lost the house, they evacuated again, and now they are in Rafa in a tent. Like, just thinking that my family is living in a tent, I can't imagine it. Like, they all had their house. I've got no one in my family had a house now. Not my mom, not my brother, none of my uncles, none of my aunties, none of any anyone that I know, they have a house. Like, even when the war is done, 
that they've got a place that they're going to live in it. So no house for them, no food for them, no medicine. My mom is not young. She's she, she's like six years old and she needs the medical treatment. She needs to be in hospital. She needs people to help her, to give her the right medication. She's been suffering with a chest infection for three months now and no one knows what's wrong. She had like four antibiotics and nothing is helping her because the war is there and it's really cold living in a tent and when it's like wet and drained and they've got like everything wet, the blankets, their cushions are wet and they, they've got no space to sleep. Like a tent when it has like around 25 people in the same tent and they when they sleep, they do it in turns, like two hours, three hours for you and three hours for me. <clears throat> Looking for food, like my brother and my brother-in-law will, will leave around four o'clock in the morning to just like find something to go back. And sometimes they will not go back until they know that the children are asleep because if they ask for food and they will say we didn't get any food they can't like see them crying because they've got no food to give to them we lost also we lost very very close friends I'm, I'm sure that you it, you heard about him Rifat so Rifat Al-Arir he's yeah, he's yeah. a very close friend to my husband. They've been friends for twenty years. There, there are more than friends. They are like brothers. Whenever you say you mention Rifat, you will mention Ahmed. Whenever you mention Ahmed, you will mention Rifat. In uni, he was my teacher. He's been a lot in our house. So, as I said, he's been more than a friend. I would also wow. like just like as a member of him, if it's okay with you to to read his poem, because Rifat was like more than like a, a an English teacher. He was a writer, a poet, a translator. He was like a university professor, an activist, like, and he means a lot to our family. And it was like a really hard time for us when we heard the news about, especially for my husband. So I would like to read Rifat's poem, which is "If I Must Die." If I must die, you must live To tell my story, to sell my things To buy a piece of cloth and some strings Make it white and with a long tail So a child, so that a child somewhere in Gaza While looking heaven in the eye Awaiting his dad who left the place And bid no one follow, not even his flesh not even to himself. Seize the kite, my kite you made, flying up above, and think, and think for a moment, an angel is here, bringing back love. If I must die, let it bring home, let it be a tale. Thank you for that. I would like also, before we finish, to thank all the people that they already being donating and sharing. Because, like yesterday, I put on my Instagram page that, like, as a thank you thing for people's um, generosity with us, because we, with the amount of money we've got, like seven Ks uh, now, so which is which can save a person, an innocent person, life. 
and I wish I could like get more people helping helping me and and even like any anything could help even not not to say like it's 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 not enough spreading the word sharing my story can help me a lot